What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to Glory! Woo! <laughs> you better put them hands Put them together for a Monday. And act like you know here. Recapping the weekend. Disappointing. Disappointing end to a great season for the Longhorns and a really fun run and team to cover. And unfortunately for the Longhorns, they ran into the wrong team and didn't have one of their best weapons in Dylan DeSue, and it mattered most, and that's really, really unfortunate because I do think they have a real strong chance to win that game if Dylan DeSue is playing and healthy and playing to the level he had been uh, over the past three weekends. Uh, didn't have it yesterday, though, and that was a team whose tallest player in Miami six seven, and he could have, I don't want to say had his way, but he, he could have made some things happen on the low block and um, just didn't have it when they needed it yesterday. Um, and... You know, a game got away from them that felt like it was in control. And as we said this morning, I was told that if they felt pretty confidently that if Dylan DeSue, if they had won the game and could have gotten to Houston for the Final Four, that Dylan DeSue, they felt good that he could have gotten himself ready to play and been healthy for that game. No guarantee, but uh, felt like with another week off of it that uh, he could have played. And that's going to leave a lot of Longhorn fans wondering, what if? You know, one of those. Just no big presence inside. Nope. Hey, but once again, this team didn't have a big presence inside. All year long, they started. To, Dylan DeSue started to find his offense, you know, in the latter half of the of the season, and right. and he really, I think, would have made a difference. But well, and I they think just that's... they weren't going to get any taller, and I you, that just it just came to show there in that well, game particularly. I, but I do think what Dylan DeSue did in the last month really changed what I think think the ceiling was for that team. But when he started to play to that level on the offensive end and give Texas that inside outside combination. I mean, they ran through the Big 12 tournament. They ran through the first weekend. I mean, he was playing great. They they had a chance, and I think if he plays in this game, they have a real good chance to win that basketball game. They just didn't have it, and that's a that's a tough deal. That's a tough, you know, just a weird fluky injury, a bone bruise in his left foot, and he's not there when you need him the most. And yeah, because without him, they kind of revert back to that team that we saw. Oh boy, did they um, ever! You know, where Timmy Allen got the ball in his hands in big moments, and he's not. That's not where you want that. You don't think, right? It's more of a. You know, and again, you're in the biggest, most critical moments. Your best players didn't play their best. And, yeah, I mean, um, I call it the black hole. When that thing starts going to the low post to him, and he thinks he has to score, and the guys are outside, that that's tough because he's still he's not that tall. That's not happening for him. Yeah. You know, it just now he scored earlier in the game, but when the, when those moments came, he, you know, when this team has been getting the ball around the perimeter, you know, Jabari Rice is touching it, everybody's touching it. It just became the Timmy Allen show. And I was like, oh, no. Well, that's the other thing. It didn't feel like Jabari Rice got enough touches. In not critical not moments late, late, no. And I get, Miami did a good job. They realized you got to eliminate that if you can. And, uh, you know, there were just a lot of factors. The Dylan DeSue not being there, the officiating was, was – uh, they, they became a big factor in the game. You know, did they over-officiate the game? By the way, Craig Way did let us know that the, they were not Big 12 officials, Ty. They were not Big 12 officials, as you would ask. But uh, Seemed like it. They were uh, – um, the Big 12 officials, no Big 12 officials on that crew. There was a Big 10, a West Coast, and a guy from the Big East who were officiating that basketball game. One of them had to have like a brother or something that's a Big 12 ref. Well, you, you, you can't say the refs without saying that Miami was the more aggressive team. 
Miami attacked the basket. They forced the issue more than Texas did. Texas settled for threes, shot 25 of them. Um, you know, that's that's probably too many. Uh, but, you know, they made 7 of 12 in the first half, so they kept shooting them. And when they stopped going in, on top of then the turnovers. and you went to the basket. It, uh, it, it changed the game. And, um, you know, Miami's persistence with being aggressive and not settling for three-point. Miami almost shot eight. Only shot eight three-pointers in that game. They made two of them. But, again, they made 28 free throws versus 10 for Texas. And that, that and they lived at that three-point line against Houston and everybody else that they played. They were a three-point shooting team. Yeah, they altered. And that's that's credit to Roddy Terry in Texas because they they took the three-point shot away from yep. good three-point shooting teams like Xavier, like Colgate, like Penn State. And they did it again to Miami yesterday. But then they couldn't stay in front of Miami, right? My, no. Where, where Texas's foot speed was so noticeable and quickness and athleticism was – it overwhelmed – Xavier on Friday night. And they overwhelmed Miami in the first half. Yeah, and Miami, though, stuck with it. And you got a 6'7 guard like uh, Miller that can get My to goodness. the paint and you know make things happen. He was really good yesterday. But, yeah, disappointing. That's the thing, right? And we talk about the Brock Cunningham call or no call. You know, pivotal game. I mean, that the game may have gone Texas's way if they call that foul and keep that foul call on Brock Cunningham. And the, the, the big guy for Miami fouls out and isn't on the floor to create a steal a little bit later. Uh, and Brock Cunningham gets two free throws, and Texas takes a two-point lead. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's that was inside a minute, and it was a 79-all game, and that was a really, really big call in the game. Yeah, and Marcus just being that, like you said, after he got that that shot when he was just in the leg, he was he couldn't keep it in front of his man, and then offensively, he was you know throwing up some of those prayers in the paint. It just they never found Jabari Rice. He never was a part of the game late in the game. Yeah, they'd like to have the whole between Timmy Allen and Brock Cunningham. Those are those are those aren't late in the game guys, right there to me, uh, for sure. But that's why I say Desue was so critical because we saw this against Penn State, right? When Texas controlled the game the whole game, and then Penn State made their 10-0 run. Texas called timeout and said, "Hey, we're going to Dillon. We're going to go to Dillon." And they didn't miss a shot down the stretch. They didn't have that option in this game. No, they, they didn't have that opportunity. And when they probably could look, think about it. You got Dylan to sue in the game. You're going after. You got four fouls on the big man. Anyhow, you know you're you're attacking that spot more than you were yesterday. They weren't. And again, that's that's not an excuse. That's just a fact. It's unfortunate they didn't have them uh, when they when they really could have used them. And then it's also unfortunate that the Longhorns didn't execute better. They like they'd like to have that whole five minutes back, right? Really, the yeah. whole ten minutes. And plus, because, they played a team that had been there before. They got a fantastic coach. Yeah. And they got some real right. live big athletes on their team. And that's the further you go in that tournament, the more it gets magnified. Sure. Every mistake, every decision you make, and it happens quickly. I mean, as we said, with with thirty minutes to go in the through the game, ten minutes left, you had held a really good team to fifty five points, and you were feeling really good about your chances to win that game. Well, that team then in the last ten minutes scored thirty three points. Yeah, in you 10 didn't minutes. defend them as well, and they made some. That's why I asked: Did they look to? Did they look tired or did Marcus Carr make them look tired? I mean, I'm serious. Were the rest of them tired? I mean, there were a lot of people saying they look like a tired team. Well, uh, at no, this no, time of the go. year, everybody's a little tired. they got to be, don't they? I mean, look at the box score. Miami only goes six deep. They don't not like they rotate. No. Texas has the depth advantage in that game, even without Dylan right. Sue. I can't go. But, yeah, this is where it's fair to question the coaches and say, hey, play some zone, change some things up. But, again, it happened really fast where the game it did. went from in your control to – Flipped the other way. I started worrying. When it got to eight, that's when I got worried. And then it got to six, and then it got to four. Then it got to two in a hurry. And I have to go back and watch the game or record it yesterday. It it felt like there was a stretch where they were trying to get that under eight timeout and that Rodney maybe could have called a timeout as the momentum started to swing. But then, you know, there has to be a timeout 
to go to the under eight timeout, right? Something has to happen, the uh, ball stoppage. And it didn't happen, so it ended up they didn't get to the under eight timeout till till after the seven minute mark. And by that point, I think the lead had been shrunk down to four or six. And um, you wonder if you should have gotten a timeout there in that stretch. But either way, uh, it, it, and it, you're it, right, there's without Dylan to sue in a game, there's no backdoor high, no backdoor cuts. Yeah, where guys like Jabari Rice were getting down in the you know right. would come out of the corner and then get a layup. Well, it forces your defense on Miami side to deal with him. Which opens things up for everybody else. Without him, you come a very perimeter team, and the Longhorns yep. were making the threes. Then the, the threes dried up, and they didn't attack the basket. They kept taking them, and they kind of shot themselves out of the ball game. Well, I like there, to see come back for another year. But if you're Rodney Terry and you're in control of this game for 30, 30, you know, thirty-five minutes, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to just change everything we were doing. We were doing no. a lot well, and it got obviously it got away from you. So there's a lot of 2020 hindsight of saying, well, I wish we would have done this. But yes, in, in real time. You felt like you still were, were doing the things you wanted to do to win that ball game, and next thing you know, it was over. All right, let's get to the other headlines, the trending topics to start a busy Monday morning. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Yeah, Longhorns fall yesterday, 88-81, as they were outscored 33-14 to in the final 10 minutes of the basketball game. Longhorn season ends. We're talking about it with you this morning. On that coaching front, report from Horns 24-7 that Rodney Terry will be offered the Texas head coaching job on a permanent basis after guiding the Longhorns to the Elite Eight after taking over for Chris Beard in the middle of the season. If the two sides can reach an agreement, an official announcement according to that report could be made by Tuesday. Uh, Down to four now uh, in the Final Four in Houston. I'm sure nobody has this bracket. Uh, It'll be a four seed in UConn meeting Miami, a five seed in one national semifinal. Other side has the ninth seeded Florida Atlantic facing fifth-seeded San Diego State. No seed higher than a four headed to Houston. On the women's side, two teams have already clinched a trip to Dallas this weekend. LSU and Iowa have punched their tickets. South Carolina will face Maryland tonight for a trip to the Final Four. Ohio State will square off with the one-seed Virginia Tech. Quite a weekend around the capital city as well. Dishfalk Field, Texas baseball, finished off a three-game sweep of 14th-ranked Texas Tech in a dramatic way. How about the ninth inning? Again, Texas led comfortably, but the Red Raiders rallied, get it to 8-8 eight to eight in the ninth inning. Longhorns batting. 2-0, the pinch. Swung on a drift. Swing deep to left. This one's going. This one's going. This one is gone. Walk it off, Texas. Garrett Gilman with a walk-off home run that may still be in flight. Tom Barfield with the call yesterday. Back-to-back walk-off wins for the Longhorns. They sweep the Red Raiders. They've won 14 in a row, and they're off to a 3-0 start in Big 12 play. They'll be at Texas A&M on Tuesday. 10th-ranked Texas softball team also Swept a three-game set from Texas Tech over at McCombs Field. They finished it off with an 8-3 win yesterday. High drama at Circuit of the Americas. Yesterday, that's where Tyler Reddick held on through multiple late restarts at the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix. It was Reddick's fourth cup win, his first with his new team, 23-11 Racing. Not as much drama at Austin Country Club yesterday afternoon. That's where Sam Burns rolled past Cameron Young 6-5 and in the final and wins the final edition of the Dell Technologies match play. There was plenty of drama in the morning semifinal matches. That's when Sam Burns knocked off his good friend Scotty Scheffler. Took him 21 holes. Had to go extra holes to do it, but he beat Scotty Scheffler to advance. And Cameron Young, meanwhile, rallied to take down Rory McIlroy in an extra hole. McIlroy then beat Scotty Scheffler in the consolation match. Uh, Austin FC salvaged at least a point in a tie with Colorado. The Rapids over the weekend. Um, the uh, struggles continue for Austin FC. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Tree limbs are on the ground and steel chainsaws are on our shelves. So come get them and any other equipment to help with storm cleanup at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, so a good, bad, and ugly weekend. A little bit of all three. The weather was phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
just a perfect weekend to, to be outside, but you also didn't want to be missing any of these uh, big games. I miss NASCAR. I'm sorry. I, I I flipped it over there. Did Jimmy Johnson, how did he with his return? Did he? I he mean, okay? he, ra- he raced during Daytona, but uh, he did all right. I think he got. Um, I could think he got knocked out towards one of the the, the cautions at the end. Which okay. Yeah. Every will... NASCAR I've ever raced, which there's is, a caution at the end. Too, there it seems like there's like eight cautions at the end, and people are just knocking each other out. But it was it was a fun time to watch. I mean, I was watching it simultaneously with the Texas game, but it was uh, definitely high intensity there at the end. Cool. Yeah, the the finish was was great. That was the one event I was not paying super close attention to. The Echo Park. That's why me Prix. and Rodney are here. Yeah, that's what Rodney's for. Rodney and the team. We'll check in with Rodney. We're also next hour going to check in with Aaron Sheelick, the head golf professional over at Austin Country Club. Get his thoughts on the way the weekend played out. Man, it was nothing against Sam Burns because Sam Burns is a really good player. And did you say you had some pops with uh, Sam Burns back in college? Yeah. So you're the 25. Sam Burns is 26. Scotty Scheffler is about your age. And uh, so Sam Burns went to LSU, correct? But yes. he used to come and hang out with the Texas golfers. So yeah, and before I met him, all the golfers, actually one of the golfers would get, he was known to, you know, have a few too many, and he would call me Sam Burns when he was, you know, intoxicated. Because you kind of look like Sam Burns. Yes, and then eventually Sam Burns came in town. And I think I might have a photo somewhere in my phone, but it, it the especially back then when my hair was a little bit shorter, and then we were both a little, you know, we – we definitely I could do see that like, similarity. Yeah. I could see that with a hat on, and if you had your beard, I could see the golfing similarities too. Yeah, and you play golf like he does. But uh, yeah, Sam I Burns, wish. man, how about that? He was locked in. That guy didn't make mistakes, does Boy, he? You talking making some birdies now? Well, he that that, that Scheffler match was great because those two are really close friends, and um, that's tough to go head to head with a good buddy of yours. Plus, especially for Scotty Scheffler, and you're the defending champ, and you're essentially on your home course, and all the home fans. Now you're facing your buddy. That's how you want it. Yeah, um, it's almost like. And Scotty had a chance, right, on that third, what was it, the third playoff hole on that short par four. He, he had a very, very makeable birdie putt that would have ended the match. Yeah. He missed it, and you, you, we just come to expect Scotty Scheffler to nail that putt, and it's over. He's just moving pushed on. it. I couldn't believe Yeah, he really and pushed And then I couldn't out. believe Rory didn't close out Cameron Young. And give Cameron Young credit, that's a, a, a rising player. But at the same time, you felt like Rory was going to finish him, and we would have had Scheffler, Rory. How about that for the final championship match or the final Dell Technologies match play to have those two heavyweights going at it? We got that in the consolation match with a two and one win for Rory. But Sam Burns, Mr. Burns, your champion. Wow. At ACC. And the you, last one. That's it. That's it. We'll talk to Aaron Sheelick about it. The uh, the bittersweet thought that that's the last time. And ACC looked great. TV did a great job oh, again. Gosh, it's one year. of those. We know Austin's a fast-growing city, and it's just how many people look on, watch that and said, "Man, I want to. I didn't. I want to live there." Oh, there's that, downtown. Like, there oh are, no, don't be quit showing all that stuff. There are very few spots on the PGA calendar that look that good, like the Lake Tahoe game. Remember when they play the the celebrity one in Lake Tahoe, right. and you're like, "Ooh, I want to go to Lake Tahoe. That looks great." Um, you know, they're you know, Masters Augusta's beautiful, but I mean, that's the boats out there and the party that's going on, the cliffs. You're just like, that's a cool spot. I want to go. There. I want to move there. I want to move there, and it it showed out really well. Obviously, after the the, the gray conditions and rainy on Wednesday, Thursday, the weekend was just spectacular, uh, weather wise out there. And it was. And I'm driving around looking at blue bonnets Saturday morning. I mean, really, I spent probably an hour and a half drive, hour and a half to two hours just driving, just looking. Hey, uh, I helped my buddies. They put on a big uh, crawfish boil in our neighborhood every year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's a cul-de-sac street, Coral Gables, and so the neighbors all get together and. 
put on a big crawfish bowl. Thank you to Casey Stutter and Whitfields. He helped us uh, use our go-between to get the bugs and the shrimp, which was tremendous. Thanks to our friends out at Brown Distributing. Agnes and the team uh, donated some some cold Bud Light skis and some uh, Michelob Ultra and some some pops, which was good. We had a good old time on Saturday while we were watching games and having some fun. Are you a crawfish guy? Me? No. no. Too much work. We also had like 80 pounds. I think I overordered on accident because I was the one going the go-between to get to Casey because Casey's a good friend of ours. And I think I ended, we ended up like 80 pounds of shrimp. We had a lot of shrimp. A lot of shrimp. I think I missed. I did that wrong. But we had fun. You can work that shrimp for a couple of days. You ever do those boils, that? though, man? You get the... Oh, I did the corn. I love the corn, the corn and the potatoes. The sausage was, was on point. And the potatoes, the potatoes were oh, great. Yeah. And you know, we know there's a new deal that you put some hard-boiled eggs in it and boil them up in there. They're already cooked. You nice. peel them and you put those in there. Those things are great. They soak up that. Oh, yeah. It gets, oh, yeah. Really good. That was a hit. That was a hit at the uh, the crawfish boil. It's a no-go for me. What do you mean? Hard-boiled eggs. What's wrong? Mm. Can't do eggs. Really? Thanks, Not Dad. even devil eggs? No, I told you my dad used to make me 12 every morning. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. okay, school. that's right. You were doing like the Paul Newman thing. Um, what was the movie with Paul Newman? He had to eat all the hard-boiled eggs. Oh, that was a prison movie. Yeah, that, um, cool Hand Luke. Cool yeah, Hand cool, Luke. Cool yeah. Hand Luke. Oh, man. Your dad used to just – and by the way, let's not bury the lead with Ty. Ty is the reason the Longhorns didn't win the basketball yeah, game not, yesterday. Yeah, that's right. And if you were like Ty and you were purchasing Final Four tickets at halftime, shame on you. Shame on you. That is a no-go. I was just a believer. It was hard not to be. That's why it's so disappointing. They looked so good. They looked so good. And and I, I would have even, now I'm chiding you for, because there were still 20 minutes of basketball. If you had gotten to the 10-minute mark and you're still up 12, and you're, which they were, you're thinking, man, this, this is going to happen. Let's call. Let's get those tickets. And it just all fell apart. I know for a it fact I'm not the fast. only one. I'm I not know. the only one. You're right. It unraveled really fast. It unraveled really fast. And that's what makes it even uh, more disappointing. Can we hear from uh, Rodney Terry? This was a very an emotional Rodney Terry. It's been a ride this year, obviously. His father passed away in August. Then Chris Beard situation happens in December and the uncertainty for he and all the coaches of what's going to happen. And then Chris Beard is out. And they rise up and, and take this team all the way to the Elite Eight and dang near to the Final Four. Here was Rodney Terry yesterday, obviously caught up in the emotion of uh, of a tough loss and a, uh, but a fun run. I mean, again, I love these guys. And not only will I just love these guys for the time that I got a chance to coach them, I'm going to love them for the rest of their lives. I'll be at their at their weddings. I'll be I'll be with the, you know talking to those guys when they have their firstborn. And, uh, you know, it was all about this team, man. And I, I, I enjoyed every single day of this journey with this group. And, and I'm, I'm going to really miss really miss working with this group. So it was never about me. It was always about these guys. And I love these guys. That's my coach right there. That's the coach. He is going to be offered the position by the uh, the, Long, the Longhorns, and uh, uh, I'm assuming he's going to accept it if they work out the contract terms, and he'll be the permanent head coach at Texas. Yep, the season's over. Decisions, decision time. It is. It is. And uh, just a really – it was a fun team, and it just it just felt like it was going to continue, and you're going to get another week to to cover it and root it and watch this team. And uh, next thing you know, the game's over, and you give my, I mean, that was my my first. And I always in my head kind of organized some thoughts. My first thought was congrats to Miami, because I felt like they were the tougher team, and they beat a team that had been playing really tough basketball for sure. And they were the more physical and attacking team. I also immediately thought about Dylan Dessou not being there and how big of an impact that was. 
Because, again, when you were up 12 with 10 to go, you weren't really thinking about the Dylan DeSue injury. You were kind of like, well, man, they're going to do this without him. What a, what a storyline that is. And then the next thing you know, when they really needed a, an interior presence, you just could feel it. They needed something to slow everything down. They didn't have it, and that's when you just you, – you, and you feel for a kid from, from his hometown, grew up a Longhorn fan and had been had found his game, uh, his confidence here late in this, this year and really became the separator between the Longhorns and others. And he wasn't able to get on. I'm sure for him that was tough to sit and watch and not be able to help his team. And then, you know, obviously the officiating becomes a conversation, but in the end – um, credit Miami to go through the one seed and the two seed over the weekend as impressively as they did. And let's let's not forget, Buck, the two Houston and Texas are two of the best defensive teams in the country, especially the way Houston that, that Texas had been playing defense in the last month or last three weeks. And to score eighty nine and eighty eight points in back to back games against those two teams, pretty impressive for Jim Laranagas. Absolutely, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was more worried about the Marcus Carr because he'd already done it without Dylan DeSue when Marcus Carr when that thing slowed yeah. up. I mean, he couldn't defend. His his defense was really bad after that. And yeah. that wasn't it. I mean, he just couldn't do it. Yeah, he he tried to do it. I don't know. And then he not only from the defensive end, he tried to do it from the offensive end and took some kind of bad shots and had a big turnover. But he played hard. But he just Well, he that, that Marcus Carr turnover move. was his only turnover of the game, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, but down the stretch, that was a big one because it was oh, a yeah. two-point game, and if you can get it back tied, and it looked like there were – Jabari Rice looked like he had come free and was open, and the ball got stripped away as he kind of walked – you know, dribbled into a triple team, essentially, and um, that was a critical moment. His only turnover, but you know, Tyrese Hunter had three big turnovers, and it felt like they all came late. Uh, Timmy Allen had three turnovers down the stretch, and – I mean, those they only, they only had 13 turnovers for the game, but eight of them came in the second half, and it felt like they all came in that critical stretch when when Miami was making the run and you know, and what the a lead. great game they played on Friday. Tyrese Hunter was spectacular. Oh, in that well, that's game. the one, right? I mean, it's yes, that's you come in here and you're you're talking about the disappointing ten minutes, but man, they played seventy minutes of really oh yeah tremendous basketball the over the weekend. I mean, Xavier is one of the most efficient offenses in the country, and you took them apart. And that's why yesterday was so disappointing because Miami is one of the best offenses in the country. And for 30 minutes, you had held them to 50 points. Yeah, you look like you're on the same trajectory yeah. in that game. And then it just all came apart. That's uh, that's hard to explain, and we're trying to recap it with you. But, man, it, it happened quick, and it's credit Miami. It's one of those – that's why I say to sue because you, when you had to sue against Penn State, and the same thing happened. Remember the Penn State game? You're in control. They go on a run. They take the lead. You don't panic. You're, you know, Rodney Terry gets them in a huddle and says, guys, we're going to the big guy, and they rode him to a victory. In this case, they didn't have that, and it did feel like they didn't know where to go with you know, who was going to get them the big shots and the big moments, and um, that obviously reared its head in that spot, and the Longhorn season ends. But Rodney Terry looks like he'll be at least have a chance to, not surprising, I think on a national level that became a big story is why hasn't Rodney Terry been named the coach, but uh, that conversation will be had today. Yeah, I mean, and then the recruiting stars, the portal, the, the you know, are there any other high school players? He's got a couple of nice high school players coming. I mean, Mitchell, what are you going to do with him? the recruiting class is the recruiting class. Now, they could add, but I think that's it, right? It's a two-person sure. class. And remember, they had a three-person freshman class a year ago, Texas, and that was Arterio Morris, who played well yesterday, by the way. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, who looks like he'll be back. and They're going to have to find some offense from him. Yeah, and he's going to have to work well, on his he, offensive game. Yeah, what you hope is if he, well, you know, Dylan Mitchell's a guy when he when he came as a five-star player last year, was is he a one-and-done kind of guy? I don't think he's that to the NBA, but at least, you know, who knows? I mean, Dylan Mitchell has a decision to make. Uh, Arterio Morris was a five-star kid. 
Uh, he'll likely be back. Rowan sure. Brumbaugh is a guard out of the Northeast that came in. So those were your three last year. Uh, you also added Tyrese Hunter through the portal. He's eligible to come back. Um, you know, he's got a decision to make on his future. And then I got to believe he'd like to be the guard again here, the lead guard. Yeah, I think so too. And and you know, you need the best Tyrese Hunter, and you, sure. you got that on Friday night, and yes, you got you it did. for most of the game yesterday. But it, in the critical moments, he didn't play his best. Uh, but so yeah, again, those are the guys that they can return. You just don't know if they will. I mean, you feel you know Brock Cunningham's coming back. He's already said so. Uh, Alexander Mekway is a freshman who that they like a lot. He should be back. But then the five I mentioned: Hunter, Desue, Arterial Morris, Dylan Mitchell, and Brumbaugh. It's the transfer portal era, so you you don't know until you know. Yeah, um, they have eligibility and they'll likely be back. You've signed Ronald Holland, a five-star forward out of the Metroplex, and AJ Johnson, a point guard uh, who seems like can be an immediate impact kind of player at that position, six-five point guard. Those are your two commitments. Who you know you're losing Marcus Carr, Jabari Rice, Timmy Allen, and Christian Bishop. They're gone. Their their careers Pro are reduction. over. Yes, you're right. But you know if you if you have Tyrese Hunter and Dylan DeSue with Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell, and these two freshmen, Brock Cunningham and Amekwe, that's a pretty good foundation of a team. And then you can attack the portal to fill other holes. And as sure. you said, go get a big man. Find one of those. Sorry, there's got to be a six or somewhere out there. Well, the kid, the kid Eddie Lampkin from TCU's in the portal. Immediately, you know that he's a big, big dude down low. He knows the Big Twelve. I mean, like, that all will play out. First things first, you got to get an agreement in place with Rodney Terry. Um, you know, Chris Del Conte held to his form that he doesn't deal with coaching contracts in the middle of the season. Unless it's a circumstance like Chris Beard, where you, know, you have to make a decision on sure. that, and uh, that should come down today with potentially a press conference type of thing tomorrow with Rodney Terry, if if all gets worked out, and then yes, then it's back to the business of next year. Unfortunately, absolutely. All right, this says Miami looked really poised in the final minutes. They certainly did, and remember, Miami was in that spot one year ago. They were in the Elite Eight, and um, it looks like they, they've been there. Already. It looked like they learned some some valuable lessons from handling that, and they didn't panic. They didn't blink when they were down. And I think it was an easy lesson for Jim Laranega to his team. Hey, guys, we're down double digits, but we're shooting sixty four percent. Let's not panic here. We're getting good shots. We're getting good looks. We're just playing a red-hot team. At some point, they're going to cool off a little bit, and we just have to keep playing, and that's uh, obviously what Miami did. We come back. We'll pick up these conversations, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Craig Way will have his report before the end of the hour. We'll give you a little extended blitz to uh, sound off a little bit this morning. Let's bring that strong, plus the gossip on a busy, busy Monday here on the Show of the People. It's Bucky and Eric. Yeah, that's how I felt on Friday, Buck. Actually, yesterday, when my eye had my eye procedure, a cataract. Now you can see clearly. Removed on uh, Friday morning, and it's amazing. I was a. Is that better was, for your night driving too? Everything. Like my my right eye is my dominant eye, and that's where I had the cataract. And uh, I mean, I was like, it was just Ooh, a blur. Yeah. It was just a blur, and uh, essentially, it's just like a like you know, it started like a, like a smudge on your glasses that you can't clean off, and it's on your lens in the back. And uh, it just got get worse and worse. And it's like finally. an old dog. Yeah. And, man, I woke up on Saturday after the uh, – because it was really dilated all day Friday. And, um, and by the way, the, the procedure was really easy. Is it lasers? Yeah. I don't know what they do. I just I look like I was playing, playing a video game. Uh, Are you awake? But, yeah. Yeah. They, 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 there was sedation. I mean, it was there was some, uh, some anesthesia, anesthesia applied. But I was awake the whole time. But, man, it took like 10 minutes. 
Dr. Rig, it was great. It was great. Good job. And, uh, so, yeah, I wake up Saturday, and I'm like, golly, it's so clear, clear and vivid, yeah. and the skies were blue. And I was like, wow, I was, I was really blind. But uh, here we go. But, yeah, feeling great. And uh, back in uh, Longhorns, disappointing for sure. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Plenty of good. Longhorns baseball sweeps Texas Tech. Remember, we'll talk on Thursday, our weekly visit with David Pierce. They've got another game tomorrow. When, if, if we're talking to David Pierce on Thursday morning, and they could beat the Aggies in College Station. Are we talking about a team on a 15-game win streak? That'd Fuck be that. something else. Headed out for their first conference road series this weekend. That'll be Thursday. But uh, Texas softball with a sweep uh, of Texas Tech as well. Sam Burns wins the final Dell Technologies match play with a big win over Cameron Young yesterday. The bad part of the golf is that we didn't get – I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but, gosh, the whole golf world wanted Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler head-to-head for the championship. That would have been something else. We got him in the consolation match, but uh, – that would have been awesome. But, you know, good for ACC because Austin Country Club did a hell of a job. The tournament came off really, really well on television, and uh, they got some of the big names, and I thought it was really, really good theater over the weekend. Uh, also on the uh, the bad side, Buck, well, the good side, Texas basketball, right? The the, per- the performance Friday night, the performance for the first oh 30 goodness. minutes of yesterday were just tremendous. And then, you know, we know what happened in the last 10 minutes. It was bad, night, bad and ugly and, and injuries. And I keep reading... I'm about to ask Craig Way this question because I keep reading that because uh, we know Marcus Carr got banged up halfway through that the second half with the the Charlie horse got dead legged essentially and went down hard and he wasn't the same out afterwards. No, but people keep saying that Jabari Rice was hurt and I actually asked somebody with UT was Jabari hurt too and they said no. Not well, they, they put him on of. that guard after after a couple minutes. Marcus couldn't stay in front of him. They put Jabari Rice on him who who did pretty well against him just a little bit taller. But I didn't notice. I didn't notice him hurt at all. Yeah, and, and if I keep reading this morning that, that it would you know it would hurt not to have Jabari Rice at 100. percent I was told he was okay, but yeah, he was playing the, the defense. They just didn't get any shots late in the game. He didn't touch the ball with two or three minutes to go in the game. He never touched it. Well, and that's where you know you can point at the coach, you can point at the players. They without Dylan DeSue, which when yeah. the Penn State game when things got critical, you were able to, to throw it into him and let him go to work. You feel like that could have happened in this spot. Was it going to be Timmy Allen? Was it going to be Marcus Carr? No, Who's it, going to it's have not the ball? Brock Cunningham, Timmy Allen time at that. No, in that, it's in those not. Moments. And that's where, you know, maybe the experience from Miami being there a year ago, they're all back saying, no, we know who's going, who's going to take these big shots and give us our opportunity. When Texas needed a big bucket and, and to make something happen, it just didn't feel like they knew who was going to be that guy to settle things down. And They're uh, just more physical at the end. They were. They were, and you know you're, and think about it, right? Without Desue, and if Jabari Rice isn't going to get shots, it's Carr, it's Allen, and it's and it's Tyrese Hunter. Well, look at the, I mean, all three of them had critical turnovers and and critical mistakes late, and you give Miami credit for forcing that, but you just didn't feel like they had an identity late in that game, which, you know, it's guard play. Their perimeter players played better than your guys in the clutch moments of the basketball game. I would also say that. That's not the officials, you know, solely, but the Brock Cunningham call was a huge call in the basketball game. There's really no way to know what would have happened if they called that foul and kept it where it was originally. A well, foul, a foul over the back and when, Brock Cunningham shooting free throws. When you're a big guard and, and and Miami did it against Houston, they know how to make space with their elbows and their shoulders. They make you they make spacey. They're big as it is, but they give themselves just a little bit more space with their bodies. Yeah, I mean, that's um, part of the game, but. Some of that space-making that they had. They got called once on a push-off. 
where the guy just took his left arm and just wiped the guy out. Well, I mean, again, it's the officials. The Texas got called for 18 fouls in the second half. I mean, you know, was that all? No, that's not being in front of guys yeah, like they had been. And it's Miami forcing the issue and being right. the more aggressive team. But, you know, people will look at that number. and But, again, one team was settling for jump shots and not going all the way to the paint. One group was going to the paint. For sure. But that's why I say the Brock Cunningham call in particular. That's the one that sticks out because it impacted the game in a dramatic way because it would have fouled out the big man for Miami, would have put Brock Cunningham at the line in a tie game. Who knows if the Longhorns take the lead there. Brock knocks down both shots. Their big, their big guys fouled out. He had an impact in the game. He was still in the game, and he made two foul shots, and then he went down and he forced the steal on Marcus Carr, on Marcus's turnover in the lane. Now, he'd have been out of the game if they stick with the original call. That was a critical call. And, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I mean, I, I do think he was it – was, it was textbook box-out position, but his, his guy he was boxing out jumped, and so all of a sudden he's sliding under him. The body he felt was going to be there for him to box out is now in the air, and he gets called for undercutting the player. Well – How's Brock Cunningham supposed to know the guy's jumping over his back? That's, you know, I know people say, well, Brock Cunningham kept moving. Well, the, the, the body he was expecting to be there was no longer there, so physics would tell you he's going to fall backwards. That's just what's going to happen. Is that a foul on Brock who's in good position in front of you know, the, the, the rim and, and protecting the rim, or is that on the guy that went over his back? That's a, that's a judgment call. I would argue that the fact that they called it a foul over the back as the original call and then reversed it. Yeah, I don't like the changing of the call. Agreed, agreed. I, I think, I don't know, and that, that was a swing swing call in the basketball game for uh, for the Longhorns, and it went against them, and then you turn the ball over. Uh, again, the guy that fouled out would have forces the turnover. Uh, that, was, that was an impactful play. And uh, then Marcus Carr fouls, so they make two more foul shots. And think about this, Miami didn't make a single field goal in the last five minutes. They made every point from the foul line down the stretch. There's being the aggressor. All right, so uh, we will take your thoughts on that. And uh, Oh, that's good coaching. I mean, your guy is hurt. I'm going to take advantage of that. One of your better defenders is hurt and can't is limping around, and I'm going to take my good guard and get to the paint, which he did, and get to the foul line. It says Jabari Rice had his knee wrapped late in the game. Well, look, I asked somebody that would know, but at the same time, maybe they didn't know that Jabari wasn't 100%. Maybe it's true. Uh, and if that's the case, well, now you got Marcus Carr not 100%, you got Jabari Rice not 100%, and you're without Dylan DeSue, that's impactful. That's impactful. Those are you know, three of your absolute key guys. Your leading scorer, your most consistent player, and your best big man not on the floor in the most important moment of the game. Uh, that obviously is, is cause for, for – that's going to cause a problem. And you allow a team to shoot 60% from the floor and shoot 85% or 88% from the foul line uh, on 32 attempts, that's going to be hard to overcome. And it was for the Longhorns. Yeah, too many guys trying to get 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 you know during the course of this tournament so far, young guys that you know have some pretty good fundamentals trying to do all these Euro steps and double dribbling and still getting away with it and and extra steps and moving their pivot foot. I mean, those are the things they need to be calling. I mean, the basics. You know what I'm saying? I get, I, I understand the, the physical player when they let them play physical underneath underneath. I mean, you just got to be strong and hang in there. But some of those fundamentals of basketball where the guys just the officials just kind of overlook it. Guys pivot foot moves E and they go, it's it's no. It's it's not traveling. It's just Euro step. Yeah, it's just Euros. No, think, dude. Uh, they're just traveling. Yeah, there was a play in the uh, early in the San Diego State game where oh my yeah, goodness. the guy spun around twice on his pivot foot, <laughs> then he went to the other foot and went uh, yeah. layup. And I'm like, What? What am I doing here? That's that is a, there's a lot of that going when on. Is that not a travel? No, there's a lot of that going on. 
This says the foul they called on Tyrese Hunter when he blocked the shot. Be a, yeah, it looked like he got all ball on that. Those are, but again, that's basketball. Yeah, you're gonna get those calls. Guys are gonna get those totally right I'm all just, the time. And I'm not crying about the Brock Cunningham call. I'm just saying it was a critical call in the game. Anybody paying attention knows that. And it originally went against Miami and then went for Miami. That's a that's a swing moment in the game. It really is. And uh, Miami took advantage of it. We'll come back when we do. Load up your blitz. Let's come strong this morning. It is 447-3776, your time to shine. Get it off your chest to start a Monday. Also, a little salacious gossip in there. First, though, it is uh, a very busy Craig Way. Where you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. Brought to you by the ice-cold Frosty Bud Light Skis. Hope you had some this weekend. Great opportunities watching March Madness at our crawfish boil. They were plentiful for sure on Saturday in my neighborhood. Baseball games, basketball games, all weekend long doing it with a nice cold Bud Light. Hey, the uh, days of our quarterback lives will return this week, Buck, in the NFL, right? We'll maybe get some resolution on Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Maybe on uh, Lamar Jackson. And the Baltimore Ravens. Give. Something's got to give. But uh, there is some actual days of our acting and actress lives. Did you see that? Uh, so here's the – see if I can play this out. So, you know, Ted Lasso is back, right, the new yes. season three. And the lead character is Jason Sudeikis. Now, he was married, is married to Olivia Wilde. Was. Was married to Olivia Wilde. Yep. Apparently, Olivia Wilde is wild. Got wild with Harry Styles, the the big pop star, Harry Styles. Everybody loves Harry Styles these days. And so that that's getting broke up. Like, she's claiming that Jason Sudeikis is pushing her into poverty. But now... Well, supposedly, yeah, go on. Well, now Harry Styles is seen over the weekend making out with... Uh, Emily Ratajkowski, uh, the, the the what is she a supermodel swimsuit model? Emily yes. Ratajkowski. They were in Tokyo together. Apparently, Harry Styles was uh, making out with her on the streets of Tokyo. It's weird though. Have you seen the video? No. It's, it's like CCTV footage. That's one fact. It's so weird and creepy. Oh man! So there's your latest days of our. Speaking of Ted Lasso being back, I have not seen any of it. I'm gonna have to start. Some, we're gonna have to pick that up. Also, it's last time. night, two big shows returned that people like a lot. Succession is back. You like that. It's my favorite. It's the last one, It's a one, great right? show. It's a, yeah, it's the finals, fourth season and final season. It's a great show. Uh, I did not see it last night. I recorded it. And then the uh, the second season of a really good show on Showtime called Yellow Jackets is back. That's a good show. You've been pushing that one for a while now. I would highly recommend go back and watch the first season. I told you it's about a group of a so- girl soccer team flying to a state championship game, and they crash in the mountains, and... Survive. They got to survive in the mountains. And there, is, yes, there is some cannibalism that goes on. Got to do it. And that's on Showtime. Showtime. Season two is up and running, and that began last night. So there's some good TV. Are there any mountain people involved too? You have to watch it. I mean, you land in the mountains. So what, what's going to be there? Mountain people. Mountain. Maybe more than that. Pro. It's good. It's a good show. At least the first season I thought was excellent. Uh, I look forward to another one. Hey, so this is a bad story. Remember the, the story last week we told you about that there was a building on fire in downtown Austin? Like, during our show. Like, yes. Happened in the morning. Uh, fortunately, it was, a, it was a vacant building. There was no one in it. Uh, but it was, you know, 907 Congress. Total loss. Well, now a guy, John Banks. Jonathan Daniel Banks. Not your friend, Jonathan, Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks? What's he no. up to these days? John Daniel Banks has been charged with arson for starting the fire. I mean, this is, this is a terrible thing, but... He said, because he was living in the building, he's a, he's experiencing homelessness. So he was living in the abandoned building, 
And apparently he says he was he started the fire because he light lit a bag of pota- chips on fire because he thought it would be a good way to cook nachos. It's been a greasy bag. Yeah, he admitted he tried to light a bag of chips. I don't uh, know. He's an idiot. And it caught the bed on fire, tried to put the fire out, left the building, returned the whole place was up in flames. So wow. He's been charged with arson. Put that guy in jail. But, uh, yeah, fortunately no one injured in that situation. Uh, but that is bad. Let's go to your blitz. Let's hit it. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Here we go. First Blitzer, you're up. Hey, is that me? It's you. All right. Hey, Buck, what's going on? Long timer. John 11 here. Hey, John. Hey, uh, I was just I was just calling in to give today's weather forecast. It's going to be hot like Ann Hudson's ass. Oh, <laughs> whoa, John. He's gone way, way back. back. That's way, way, way old school, guys. He's a dirty 30 guy. For years and years and years. Thank you, John. Way, way back. Next blitzer, you're up. All I'm asking for is that the officials call an equitably fair game. 32 to 15 in fouls. Are you kidding me? They gave that game to Miami. No, Miami didn't earn it at all. Next blitzer, you're up. Coach, yes, sir. Can you can you can you have Ty uh, get Gundy's makes me want to puke and garbage ready because those guards were pushing off, leading with their shoulder, hooking. They called one. They called phantom blocks on clean blocks by UT. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Next blitzer, you're up. Officials were not their friends. If you're having trouble hearing me, this is Red McCombs from the grave. That Rodney Terry. He'd make a good assistant coach. <laughs> Come on. Come on Mike. It's early for that, isn't it? Next blitzer, you're up. And it's true to the rumor. That same official that called intentional grounding, or didn't call intentional grounding against Alabama, is the same guy that called that. No, that's no, not come true. Come on. That ain't true. Next blitzer, talk to us. Hey, Aaron. Yes. This is salacious gossip. When you get a chance, Google Dabney Coleman and Gene Hackman. Holy crap, dude. They make Bucky and Monty look like kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Next blitzer, talk to us. How about Brock Cunningham staying out after the game's over and watch him celebrate, just soak it all in. He's going to remember. Next blitzer, you're up. Blind Sean could see that. Brock lives matter. That's great. Next blitzer, you're up. Last minute of the game, they're fouling immediately. What the hell is Brock Cunningham on the floor for? Put some offense out there. Next blitzer, talk to us. What if? The fighting Tom Hermans, still alive. Fighting Tom Hermans. Next blitzer, you're up. Coach, throwing him, um, those officials that number. What is that? He just got his ice because those officials owe you. What in the world? Shut it down! Let's go! I like that, making your voice do all those cool things. Well, the officials were a part of the game, but it's certainly not why they lost. The I don't Navarre think so. The attacking team won the basketball game. And 88 points. I mean, you had a team held to 55 with 10 to play, and they scored. Wow. And they went crazy. And, um, you know, a lot of reasons for it. But same time, 
not to have Dylan DeSue healthy. If indeed Jabari Rice was nicked up a little bit and not 100%, Marcus Carr certainly was not. Those are factors. But at the end, the Hurricanes get through Houston, they get through Texas, and they're on their way to the Final Four. Does Zeke have a new home yet? He does not. He does not? He'll be in Cincy soon. Oh, really? We'll get an update. There wasn't a lot of NFL movement over the weekend. Hmm. Too much basketball and baseball and golf and racing and NASCAR. Hey, we're going to check in live out at uh, Austin Country Club this morning with our friend friend Aaron Schielick. He is the head golf professional there. How he thought the weekend went for the final Dell Technologies match play. We'll get a review. Also, Rodney Rodriguez will help us uh, review the NASCAR. We're reviewing the madness. It's B&E on a Monday.